So it's good to be with you this morning. Uh, happy Mother's Day to everyone. Uh, I, I'm thankful that uh, I've been blessed in, in my life to have an, an awesome mom and, and an awesome grandma, an awesome mother-in-law now, and, and an awesome wife now. Uh, I think I covered all the women that are important in my life, so uh, hopefully I'm good this morning with that. Uh, but but I am thankful for uh, what God has blessed me with in that way, and and I hope God has has blessed you uh, with women in your life who uh, have been meaningful and impactful to you, whether that's moms or or grandmas or, or other ladies that have stepped up in your life. And uh, I want to encourage you to take some time today to to thank them for what they've done in your life and and what they've meant to you. Uh, I, I was thinking of a story about my grandma uh, this week. Um, when I was younger, I don't remember exactly how old I was. I was in school. I don't remember if it was elementary or middle school. It doesn't really matter. But we had this project to do for school. And for this project, we had to go around and we had to ask a bunch of people what their favorite day of the week was. And of course, most people said Friday or Saturday was their favorite day of the week. And I remember I asked my grandma, I said, Grandma, what's your favorite day of the week? And she said her favorite day was Sunday. And I'm like, Sunday? Why Sunday? And she said, Sunday, because we get to go to church. She loved going to church. And I remember that that stuck in my mind because at that point I'd grown up going to church. Church was a good thing, but I wouldn't have said it was my favorite thing to do throughout the week. But for my grandma, she loved it. And she, she passed that on to, to me then. And it wasn't until years later that I really realized what that meant and how valuable church was. And, and I look now and I enjoy being here at church. I enjoy coming here and, and being with you guys and, and interacting with you and, and singing with you guys and, and learning from the Word with you guys. And, and I can see now that the church is an awesome thing. And I'm thankful for that impact that, that my grandma had in my life modeling to me that church is a valuable thing. Not just something we do, but, but something that is valuable, something we, we should enjoy. And it's amazing the impact that a mom or a grandma can have in a young person's life. And I want to talk a little bit about that this morning here on Mother's Day. But I also want to say as we get into this, if you're not a mom, don't, don't tune me out this morning. I know some of you guys were sitting there like, whew, we are off the hook this morning. You're not. This is going to be for everyone as we talk about having an impact on the next generation. Having an impact on those who are younger than us. Open up to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. And as many of you know, 2 Timothy is a letter. It was written by Paul. Paul's the guy we read about all throughout the New Testament that's traveling around, planning churches, telling people about Jesus. And Paul is writing to this young guy, Timothy. They were very original when they named the books of the Bible. Uh, he's writing to this young guy, Timothy, and, and Timothy's this young guy who's just starting out as a, a leader in the church. And Paul's writing to him to, to try and encourage him that this is how you follow Jesus, this is how you 
be a leader in the church. And so look at what Paul writes to Timothy there. 2 Timothy 1, starting at verse 3. This is Paul speaking. He says, I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors with a clear conscience. As I remember you, that's Timothy, constantly in my prayers night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you, that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. And the first thing I want us to notice in this passage is that Paul commends Timothy for having a sincere faith. That Paul says to Timothy, you have this sincere faith. It is evident that you love Jesus and that you have built your life around Jesus. It's a faith that other people can see. Timothy wasn't just a nice young guy that kind of went to church some and did some good stuff. He was a guy that had a sincere faith. You saw, looked at him and saw he loved Jesus. And that Jesus was valuable and Jesus mattered to him. And the first thing I want to challenge us with this morning is, is that our goal to have a sincere faith? Are we striving for that? That when people look at our lives and they see us, they look and they see that person loves Jesus. Jesus matters to them. Jesus is valuable in their life. Do we have a sincere faith? And then along with that, are we seeking that our young people have a sincere faith? Are we seeking that the next generation has a sincere faith? Is that one of our goals to, to build up Jesus in our life and then pass that on to the young people around us, to the, the young people that God has put in our lives? Uh, I get the opportunity to help lead Veracity. It's our, our teen ministry here at the church. And our, our goal in Veracity is not that they'd be nice young people who just do the right things, our goal in veracity is that they would have a sincere faith, that, that they would love Jesus, and that they would grow up to be leaders in their churches, whether they stay here or end up somewhere else, that, that they would be leaders. And that doesn't necessarily mean that they'd all be pastors or something like that, but, but that they would be leading wherever they're at and whatever they're doing in their churches. Do we want to see our young people have a sincere faith? But here's the thing. Paul says with Timothy, your faith didn't just come from, from nowhere. You didn't just wake up one day and have a sincere faith. It was a faith that was passed on to you. It was a faith that his mom and his grandma had and they passed it on to Timothy. He didn't just find it on his own one day. And I, I want to remind you guys that our young people aren't just going to stumble into faith. It has to be passed on to them. Somebody has to teach them. Somebody has to show them. We, we live in a world, in a culture, and it's the same as it was in Timothy's day, and, and it's the same today. Our, our world and our culture is constantly trying to pull us, and especially our young people, away from God and away from Jesus. Our world just has that tendency to, to pull away from truth. 
And if we just hope our young people are going to stumble into a sincere faith someday, they're not. The world is going to take them and pull them away. Either with, with busyness, uh, there's so many options out there for, for our young people today. Sports and video games and movies, and, and not that that stuff is bad, but, but that stuff is calling out to distract them away from truth and away from Jesus. Uh, I've shared this with you guys before, but uh, I really feel for our high school students and, and what they face in their schools today. Uh, I graduated from high school 15-ish years ago, and, and when I went to high school, it, it wasn't the norm to follow Jesus, but if you, if you followed Jesus, if you stood up for biblical truth, for the most part, uh, other people would say, now, that might not be my thing, but that, that's cool if that's what you want to do and, and you're sincere in that. That is not what our high school students face today. Today in our high schools, if you stand up for Jesus, if you stand up for biblical morality and biblical truth, usually you are opposed and, and ridiculed and outcast. It's a tough place for our young people to grow up in. They need us to be striving to pass a sincere faith onto them. They're not just going to stumble into it. And we have to be active in passing that faith on. And I want to highlight that word active this morning. That it's not just about telling them some things, dragging them to church. It's us actively passing on a faith, intentionally thinking about what am I doing to show the young people around me who Jesus is and why He's valuable. And so, we can learn a few things from Timothy's mom and his grandma. And, and I especially want to highlight two things that we see in the Bible that Timothy's mom and grandma did to pass on their faith to him. Flip over to 2 Timothy 3. 2 Timothy 3, starting at verse 12. And I'm sure there were lots of little things that they did to pass on their faith to Timothy. But we're just going to highlight two big things here. Verse 12, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and impostors will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. The first thing that Timothy's mom and grandma did was they taught him the Scriptures. They taught him the Bible. They, they taught him God's Word. They taught him truth. And Paul opens up that passage that we just read saying what, what I just said, that our culture, Timothy's culture then, our, our culture today is striving to pull us away from truth. And, and Paul says the remedy, Timothy, is to hold on to the truth you learned when you were a child. That truth that your mom and your grandma implanted in you, that foundation that they built on God's Word. Hold on to that. 
Our young people need that foundation. They need us to teach them who God is, who Jesus is, with the truth of what God's Word says. And that means, first of all, for us, as adults, we, we need to know God's Word. If we're going to pass it on and teach it, that means we got to know it first of all. Uh, I was talking to a guy the other day, and, and he said to me, he said, it's no wonder our young people don't know the Bible. He says, I, I've been teaching adult Bible studies for years, and he said, a lot of our adults don't know the Bible. It's no wonder our young people don't know it. First of all, we as adults, we need to love this. We need to know what the Bible says. We need to apply it to our lives. And then we need to teach that to our young people as well. We need to help them walk through what this says and understand why it's important, understand how it affects our lives. And I don't think this means that Timothy's mom just had a poster on her wall with Jeremiah 29.11. Not that there's anything wrong with having a poster of Scripture, but, but it's more than that. It's actually walking through this stuff with our young people. Explaining it to them. Helping them to know truth and know why it's important. Why does the Bible say not to do this? Why does the Bible say to do that? Actually digging in and, and understanding it for ourselves and explaining it to others. Uh, in, in Exodus, when Moses is, is talking to the people of Israel, he's, he's explaining to them how to celebrate this, this Passover celebration feast thing. And, and he says, when you do this ceremony, your kids are going to ask you, why are we doing this? And he said, it's, that's important. Let them ask, why are we doing this? Because then explain to them why. We needed to explain the truth to our young people. Help them to see who God is and what He says. Second thing that Timothy's mom and grandma did. Flip back to 2 Timothy 1. 2 Timothy 1, verse 5. It says there, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. The second thing they did is they modeled their faith. They modeled their faith to Timothy. A key word in that verse is dwelt. That it is a faith that dwelt in his mom and in his grandma. It wasn't just what they did or what they believed, but it actually dwelt in them. It actually impacted their life. And Timothy could see that it impacted their life, that they had built their life on Jesus. And we need to model faith for our young people. They need to see that it matters for us. Because here, here's the thing about millennials, uh, the, the up-and-coming generation. They don't really care about doing things just because that's what you're supposed to do. They don't. Authority is not that important a thing for the millennial generation. And I see that as a good and a bad thing. But they, they don't really just care to do things just because that's, that's what we're supposed to do. They want to see value in it. 
And if we want our young people to have a sincere faith to, to follow Jesus, we have to show them through our lives that Jesus is valuable. And Jesus is meaningful for our lives. One of the things I try and share with our teens all the time is, is if we follow Jesus, that gives us purpose. That gives us hope. That gives us something valuable for our lives. We have to model that. Not just, let's do some right things. Not just, we have to go to church. But, but to actually show them, this is valuable. This has meaning. And Timothy's mom and his grandma did that for Timothy. And then that faith ends up dwelling in Timothy. He, he sees that it's real and he values it in his life. Are we showing our young people that Jesus is valuable? And so they, they taught Timothy the Word, the, the truth of the Scriptures. They, they demonstrated with their lives that Jesus was important and valuable. But there, there's something else uh, I want us to see in that passage. Because remember, I said, you're not off the hook today if you're not a mom. Right? If you're not a mom today, you're not off the hook. And so look at what it says, or actually what it doesn't say in verse 5 there. Right? That Paul writes, it's a faith that first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. Notice what it doesn't say. And it doesn't say in a faith that dwelt in your father Bill. I, I don't know if that was Timothy's father's name. And it really doesn't matter what his name was because apparently he didn't have a spiritual impact on his son. And actually, if you look all throughout where Timothy is talked about in the Bible, there's only one place his father is mentioned. In Acts 16.1, when we're first introduced to Timothy, it says that his mom was a Jew and a, and a Christian and it says that his dad was a Greek. That's all we hear about Timothy's dad. Right? And Timothy's all, all throughout Acts, there's two letters written to Timothy, and all we hear about his dad was he was a Greek. That apparently his dad didn't have a spiritual impact in Timothy's life. His dad probably wasn't even a Christian. He was a Greek pagan. He didn't follow Jesus. And we all know how huge and how important a father's influence on a son is. Uh, you've probably seen the, the progressive commercials where like, you, you become like your parents if you use progressive insurance or whatever. And those commercials are funny because we've all had those moments in our life where we've done something and we're like, oh man, I'm just like my dad. Or I'm just like my mom. Right? We know how huge an influence a father is on a son. And, and Timothy, we don't know how good a dad his dad was, but, but he obviously didn't have a spiritual influence on Timothy. And I bring that up for two reasons. One, first of all, uh, as an encouragement, if you're in a situation where either you're a mom or, or a grandma or, or a grandpa and and you, you have a son or grandson or granddaughter, and there's not a, a good spiritual fatherly influence in the home. Or, or whether you're a child and you don't, don't have a good spiritual influence from your dad, I bring this up as encouragement to you that God can overcome that lack of a spiritual influence from a father. 
that that doesn't mean that, that you're doomed or that your child is, is doomed to be a, a, a rebellious pagan whatever, join a biker gang or something. Right? God can still overcome that and God can still do something in that young person's life and they can still end up having a sincere faith like Timothy and becoming a leader in the church like Timothy. And we have a number of guys in our congregation who didn't have great spiritual influence from their fathers and God has still made an impact on their life and they're still doing awesome stuff for Jesus today. That be encouraged if you're in that situation that, that God can still work in that situation. And secondly, I bring that up because this is where all the rest of us who aren't mothers come into the picture. Look at 2 Timothy 1, verse 3. I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors with a clear conscience. As I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day, as I remember your tears, I long to see you, that I may be filled with joy. Look at and listen to the, the heart of Paul in that. I mean, there's some real emotion in what Paul's writing there. He's just longing and how much he misses Timothy, but his joy that Timothy's doing well. If I just gave you those verses and you didn't know the background, you'd probably almost think that that's a father writing to his son. We were traveling home from Urban Hope last month, and I was driving, and Joyce was riding shotgun, and she was watching a video. Uh, of her son at basic training. Uh, her son was at basic training at that time. And, and you could just see the, the joy in, in her and just seeing a video of her son and, and how much she missed him and, and just that heart for her child. And, and that's the heart that we see in, in what Paul writes to Timothy there. It's like a father writing to a son. But here's the thing we need to realize. Timothy wasn't Paul's son. There was no kinship there biologically or, or even stepchild way. Like There was no kinship between them. Timothy was this dude that Paul met as he was traveling around, but yet Paul meets this guy Timothy and Paul takes him under his wing and Timothy becomes like a child to Paul. There's actually another passage where Paul says of Timothy that you are my true son in the faith. There was no biological tie there, but Paul saw this guy Timothy, saw that he had this lack of a spiritual father from his biological father, and Paul takes Timothy under his wing and cares for him and mentors him and loves him. And my challenge for you this morning is who are the Timothys in your life? Who are the young people around you that maybe aren't your biological children, but you can reach out to them and you can be a Paul in their life? That you can mentor them and you can impact them and you can pass on a sincere faith to them? We have so many hurting kids in our area that don't have good families at home who are those people that we can impact? And honestly, even if they have great parents at home, 
it's still a beneficial thing to have another adult come alongside and say, yeah, what your parents are saying, it, it's actually right. Because you guys were teenagers, you know that your parents didn't know anything when you were teenagers. And now that you're adults, you're like, oh, my parents actually did know some stuff. Right? But when you're a teenager, you don't realize that. And so it helps to have another adult coming in uh, alongside the parents and saying, uh, okay, kind of saying the same thing. Who are the Timothys around you that you can reach out and impact? And, and maybe for some of you this morning, you, you just <clears throat> need to be encouraged and, and challenged to, to keep passing on your faith to your kids, but, but for others of us, who are the young people that we can impact? How can we get involved passing on a sincere faith to the next generation? Maybe it's a, a niece or a nephew. Maybe it's the neighbor kid that you can start to get to know and build a relationship with. Maybe it's some of our teens here at the church. All right, well, Wednesday night, it was crazy Wednesday night. This whole like front area was packed full of teens. Apparently they heard Josh was speaking and not me, so they all showed up. But we had a ton of teenagers up here on Wednesday night. You can get involved there. Talk to me. We'll, we'll plug you in and get you involved impacting those young people, passing on a sincere faith to them. And, and I know you're probably thinking teenagers are weird and awkward. Here's the thing. The teenagers are looking at you and thinking those old people are weird and awkward. So you already have something in common. <laughs> right? You can already make a connection. Right? But maybe teenagers aren't your thing. You guys saw the mass exodus to the back earlier. We got a bunch of kids you can pour into. Right? Get involved back there. Be a teacher or just be a helper in a classroom back there. Pour into those kids. Right? Those kids just love having adults that, that spend time with them and pour into them. And, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, I'm not good at, at talking to little kids. Like, put me in a room with a first grader, and I'm like, ah, what do we talk about? So, uh, what do you think about the Mueller report, buddy? And he's like, uh, I, I got A's and B's on my report card. Okay, good job. Like, I don't know what to talk about with little kids, but it doesn't really matter. They just want time and attention. Can you be pouring into them? Or maybe going out to Prospect this summer and, and doing the Backyard Bible Club and pouring into some kids in Prospect. All right, if you don't like kids under 18, then there's a whole bunch of college students up at UPJ that Brad works with. He'd love to have you up there on a Sunday night getting to know them and mentoring them. There's a handful of them that during the school year come down to our service here. Right? Get to know those college students. Have them over for dinner sometime. Right? If you went to college, you, you know to have a good home-cooked meal is a, a big thing when you're in college. Right? Sodexo will keep you alive up there, but not always well. Right? Invite, invite them over. Get to know some of the college students. Pour into them. There, there's plenty of, of young people around us that can be a Timothy to your Paul that you can pass on a sincere faith to. Something real easy that you can do over the next couple weeks. 
when you're in here before or after service and there's a bunch of kids and teenagers and college students running around, just take five or ten minutes to talk to one of them. Just talk to them. Ask them how their week is. Make them feel welcome. Let them know that this isn't just adult time. That they are a part of this too. That they are valued and that they are loved. Uh, I was talking to a, a guy this week and uh, he was a youth pastor and, and worked with teens for 30-some years. And just recently he transitioned that he's a hospice chaplain now. And he was saying, a lot of people ask him, like, isn't that a huge transition to go from working with teenagers to, to working with old people? And he said, not really. He said, because whether they're, they're teenagers or whether they're old people, there's three things that they're looking for. They want to be heard, they want to be valued, and they want to know that there's hope. And... I mean, that's so easy, right? Just to let somebody know that they're heard, that they're valued, and that Jesus can give them hope. And I, I want to challenge you as you go around and, <clears throat> and as you see young people around you, look for those young people that you can just hear, that you can show them that they're valuable, and that you can pass on that Jesus has hope for them. Who are the Timothys that you can influence and impact this week and in this month and this year? Let me pray for us. Lord God, Father, we thank you again for this morning. We thank you again for your word. <clears throat> Lord God, we thank you that somebody impacted us. Somebody passed on their faith to us. And now we can know you and now we have a relationship with you. And help us to, to build that up and continue to develop, develop that in ourselves. And then to go and pass that on to other people as well. To impact the next generation so that we would see young people in our church and, and in our area that are, are growing up and, and having a sincere faith and a sincere love for Jesus. We pray this in, in Jesus' holy name. Amen.